Hello, beautiful, and welcome to the podcast where we're moving the conversation forward about the choices you make in your daily life. I'm your host, Monica Cox, and I'm here right alongside of you, learning, growing, observing, and trying to make better choices consciously and subconsciously. Together, we're going to become better versions of ourselves and have raw, honest, open conversations about the things that truly affect our lives. And maybe, just maybe, finally get to a place where everyone else's BS doesn't trigger us. And it was, it was thrust on you, right? So if you didn't have any kind of awareness with yourself and who you are and what you believe and, you know, really tapping into that intuition and that discernment, I feel like people just got blindsided, right? Mm -hmm. Like for us, our fertility journeys woke us the fuck up, right? Oh yeah. Like in so many different ways. So being able to get to a, a an insane period of history, you know, of time to live through and have that kind of ability to use your discernment and, and keep it up, right? Because it went a long time. And there, oh, yeah. you know, there was like, am I doing <laughs> the right thing? Like, oh my God, like, because yeah, you just kept getting at so many different angles, like the attack of like, you know, um, almost kind of like, I even had a friend once say to me, like, my life is hard enough. I don't need that. I'm just making it easy. And I was like, wow. I was like, for me, I'd rather have a harder life and stand for what I believe than just take the easy route right now. And I, I found that very interesting because in the reality of it, especially where I was in, in the country, 90% of people wanted it just easy. Let's just go yeah. back. And the sad thing was they they were all, you know, lied to in a sense of um, not that I'm a, a, against people getting the medical assistance that they choose for themselves. That's not like the conversation. It's the radical responsibility of did they choose that? because they needed it or because of the fear and what they were being told yeah yeah I mean it, it was really interesting because I was in Idaho when all of this went down when you know the two weeks to stop the spread uh thing which I I mean it all seemed strange Monica there was something right yeah there was something in my spirit mm-hmm and you know prior to my fertility journey I had a very uh conflicted relationship with my higher power you know and and my faith um but I had done the work <laughs> since then to be to repair that relationship and to be open more trusting I was I was doing you know an hour of meditation a day like this is why I honestly believe without any question that God exists mm. because when you look at you know, when you connect the dots in your life, some of the stuff that comes into your life, you're like, what, what, what's happening? But it isn't until after that you can look back and connect the dots and be like, okay, I was invited to come back to a place of spirituality, of connectedness. Meditation came into my life at this time. And it was all interesting 
preparation. Yeah. Because by the time COVID happened, I had been doing work and I actually went to a week long meditation retreat in March of 2020 where there was no fear. There was commitment to, and I was in a room with a thousand, like almost a thousand people and nobody was sick. Like, I mean, it was just a commit, like nobody was in fear and just go be in your meditation. And we were meditating for hours in the day. And, and I honestly believe that there was something in that, that really sharpened my vision and my awareness. And I woke up in a very, like in a jarring way. And then once you see this stuff, Monica, you can't unsee it. You see it everywhere. I know. I know. <laughs> and then you become the conspiracy theorist, right? Like, yay, um, which is not a good thing or a bad thing. But it is when you realize what the truth is for you, right? And you you continuously practice that, right? Like I always say that kind of um, journey of the soul, of your spirituality, Um it's a consistent practice. You can't just like get there and be like, oh, I'm there. I don't have to do anything else, right? <laughs> like, it's just like you have to be consistent with um, the food you want to feel your body, the movement you want to feel your body, like they they matter, right? And the more that you do that, the more radical responsibility you take inside of you, right? So right. I'm doing, I don't know if you've ever done, okay, what is it called? A Course in Miracles. Oh, yeah, I got my copy behind me right? somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I, and so if you do that daily practice, there's like a 365 practice in it. And no matter, I mean, you know, they obviously use language of God and Jesus and spirit. I, I don't really think it has to be a religious thing. It could be just a spiritual thing too. Um, but what they get you to do is to really understand that you you create your reality. And even like, there's like a judgment one, right? Of like, if you're judging someone else, you're basically judging yourself and like all this stuff. And you're just sitting there like daggers in your heart. Like, oh, it's so true. <laughs> like, <laughs> damn it. Right? Because you yeah, just, yeah. the more you go down this, the more you're like, I can't blame that person because there is no room for that. Because the moment you step back into, well, um, that person acted like that way. So that justified my actions, right? It's like, no, I didn't justify shit. You just chose to either get down to their level that you didn't like and sit in that bullshit again, instead of choosing a different path, whatever that may look like, right? Forgiveness, yeah. compassion, understanding, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And yeah, when you get to that radical responsibility, it is, it's I, like, I'm, I believe the matrix is real now. You know? And they're like, here's the red pill, blue pill. You're never going to look at life again. And you're like, fuck, it is that way. It is that way. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's interesting. I, there's a book, one of my mentors, I'll be forever grateful, uh, introduced a book to me called the power of Ted T E D. And I can't remember, uh, Emerald, I think the author's name is David Emerald. Um, but if somebody is listening to this and wants to check it out, it's just called The Power of Ted. Uh, essentially talking about the Carpenman Triangle, where we are, there's victims, uh, persecutors, and rescuers. And that's like the standard level of awareness, mm -hmm. where we're one of the three. We're either a victim, persecutor, or a rescuer. And we get 
caught in this like snake eating its tail of this lack of awareness but once you realize that you don't have to be in that triangle that you're actually a creator you don't have to be a victim you don't have to be a persecutor and you do not have to rescue people you don't have to be any of that you can get in front of this and be a creator in your life and it's really interesting because you know people make this sound i mean people uh who are not aware and i don't say that from a place of um hubris mm. i say that as somebody who had a very rough awakening as well you know we're like oh all this stuff that i thought was real is actually not um you know and anyone who has achieved any amount of success in their lives like for example so when i was a prosecutor when i got to the top end of where i was going to be as a prosecutor i remember thinking is this all there is right this is it you know we all think that when we get to some place that there's going to be a parade a mariachi band and streamers like yeah. flying everywhere that like oh you made it and it's like no it's not a destination and so i think that certain you know people will come to their moment of awakening in many different ways for some people it's a health crisis for some people it's going to be uh, you know, achieving a, a level of success and then realizing, oh, well, that's it. And then looking around and feeling the emptiness and then going to pursue other things that actually make them happy, or maybe it was the pandemic or whatever. We all will have a moment where if we're aware enough and want it badly enough, we will wake up. Yeah. Some people don't want to wake up though. That's the other thing, Monica, that, I mean, if we're talking about radical responsibility, I think that's another reality is that for some people and, and, you know, we saw this, you know, we see this in our own families. We see this amongst our friends, you know, and colleagues and stuff where they're, they're just committed to the reality that they have. And we don't have to rescue anybody. Yeah. I think one of the, one of the greatest things that we could do for people that we love, even if we disagree, I mean, like I've changed my attitude um, a lot about disagreeing people being on different sides i i don't care about that i mean because you're not going to change anybody and you have to ask yourself why do you need to yeah like why is it my responsibility to try to educate you know people who don't want to be educated it's like my energy is better spent on leading women who want to be different and want something different and and perhaps better in their lives that's where my energy is best spent. That, that's where the resources are. I cannot, like, I don't spend a lot of time trying to convince people to change. I focus on the people that want to change um, because I wanted to change, right? So it's it's not judgment. It's just discernment. Yeah. And so, you know, I think going back to the radical responsibility, like once we let go of the idea that we have to change anyone and we stop judging ourselves, then we can stop judging everybody else. And then there can be some peace. There can be some equanimity mm -hmm. where, you know, we don't have to be on opposite sides. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What do you think hinders people from making change and taking responsibility for their life? Yeah. Right. So all these, we all have at least one, if not several people in our immediate circles that 
are just going to choose that for themselves. What do you think if it's like a soul level, if it's like an evolution level, if it's just fear, like what is your, you know, kind of belief system right now that, because it's just such an age old question, right? Like why do some people do and some people don't? Like what's the difference? Yeah, I I think it's, it's fear. You know, there was a, I remember I went to an event years ago and I remember one of the speakers said, there's, there's nothing, it's not so much the, it's, there are children that are afraid of the dark. Like that's, you know, you can educate a child that there's nothing to be afraid of the dark, but there's nothing more complicated than trying to educate an adult not to be afraid of the light. Something like that. I completely butchered that, Monica, but like you get, <laughs> I get the it. idea. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just fear. I think it's fear of the unknown. Because if we take this full circle back to the idea of radical responsibility, that means not only is anything possible, it means that there's a level of uncertainty and a lack of predictability. Because if you're committed to taking radical responsibility in your life and anything happens, well, then you're like, okay, well, what's my role in this? What do I need to do to address this? Right. Or what's the boundary I need to draw? Or what's the piece of education that I need? Or what's the next step that I have to take? Right. There is an, a level of uncertainty in, in that situation, as opposed to being able to lay back and blame everybody, then you don't have to change. You create certainty in your lack of change. Right. So you'd have to be willing to be uncomfortable with the unknown. And, and I think that the only real way to be comfortable in the unknown is to have faith, whatever that person, like you could have believe in trees and angels and, you know, leprechauns, whatever your shit is rock on with your bad self. But when you look at the most resilient people and the and the people that are able to respond in the face of uncertainty, most of the time, they have faith in something, mm-hmm. right? You don't have to go join a cult or join some religion in order to have faith. Faith starts here. Faith is a conscious decision right now, like right here, right now. And you can choose it at any time. And I think that going back to something that I said earlier in this conversation with the destruction of the family and we've moved away from having some semblance i mean we all have like you know i've got my opinions on organized religion but like <laughs> but it's neither here nor there right yeah um whatever people get to do their thing um i'd like to look at it as a relationship and i think when that relationship has been undermined um then people don't have things that they can believe in they don't have faith in much yeah right? so then they'll look outside of themselves when it's all right here. Yeah. And the, and the causes it. Yeah. I, I I would agree. Totally agree with you. Um, I think when you get, when you come back to that, you know, destruction of the family, I don't, I think it's even bigger than that. I think it's the destruction of the village, right. Mm -hmm. Um, where I, I personally do not believe in, uh, Let's just say your body's more water than blood, right? <laughs> like the the old saying for me, blood is thicker than water. I'm like, nah, I like you have more water in your body. And that's just your family that you didn't get to choose, that you were born into, right? 
where when you have a more of a concept of a village where maybe your bloodline were these 10 people over here but most of our societies grew up in villages right way before the time we were in these small villages and we worked together as a whole and some were blood some weren't you know but you all work together and you know the disagreements got taken out onto whatever the battlefields or <laughs> however villages you know dealt with those things but taking that village away from from the core of you know the community and the family rarely any of us live in true villages right we've all left you know we're all you even think about the nuclear home right everyone's got a lawnmower everyone's got 20 dishes everyone's got a dishwasher and you're all doing these things by yourself where our societies we were in a village and the women got together and cooked and seeing and did the dishes and maybe went out hunting some you know the men went out hunting you know like what however the the chores were divided you were still doing it with your community where most of us you know we do dishes by ourselves and we're all got our individuality right and there is no community and it's day in and day out and that's why it becomes you know just such a burden because you're just like oh I'm doing this by myself yet again right so when I think about that kind of um, nuclear family I I don't really think you know a mom or a dad or even a, a dad and a dad and a mom and a mom I'm thinking that wider like those aunties that used to just show up on your door and like have a chat with you and play with the baby or you know like those things they're just it's so rare to have that and I think that's mm. why so many people feel so disempowered and um, in a state of lack is because you are literally doing everything yourself. And I said that to my husband. I was like, we do everything ourselves. We don't live by any family. He's His family's in New Zealand. My family's in California. Um, we don't have any hired help right now. It's like, just think about it we do everything ourselves like that's just not normal <laughs> that's not normal right and um our kids do go to school and that is definitely uh, like some help but um so yeah i think when people bring up that like that's one of the main catalysts of us just feeling so disempowered is it maybe you just don't have time for that empowerment yeah, I mean, I think it's also a reclamation of the time in some ways, right? So mm. if we if we go down the road of radical responsibility, I think it's there are ways, I think, to cultivate that kind of community that you're talking about. And it it sometimes it takes a while. Yeah. Right. Sometimes it takes a while to get your footing with people. Uh, vet people uh, have an opportunity to you know give value like you know one of the things in our own family you know we live in Texas now it is really important is I like to lead with value mm -hmm. what can I do to support these people what value can I bring to the table if I'm you know looking to create a relationship and you know I'm very discerning about how I do that one, because I want to make sure that I'm in a relationship, you know, with whether it be with other moms or whatever, that there is that sort of reciprocity. Now it doesn't mm -hmm. have to be equal, right? Yes. Like yeah. I'm not keeping score. I'm not interested in keeping score, but 
finding good community where you you have a like-minded community that you can come together and, and share things and share ideas. Like I'm excited about what I'm finding here. Oh, which cool. Is pretty cool. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited about what I'm finding. And, but, you know, I think ultimately that comes from, um, you know, being it before you can have it. And yeah. that takes time. It takes time. And sometimes sending out that energy, Monica, takes a minute, takes a minute <laughs> to break through. Uh, but I, I have every confidence that when we want community, the community is there, right? It's yeah. a law of polarity where there feels like there's a lack of something. There is an abundance of it somewhere. Yes. And I think ultimately it's up to us to put that energy out there and attract people into our lives. Yeah. Uh, once again, taking that radical responsibility and, um, you know, sucking on those sour lemons going, well, you created that. You created that lack of community because maybe you didn't believe it was there or you're, you know, the default energy that you're running. Okay. Maybe you have all this consciousness knowledge of um, meditation and yoga and all these things, but what's your default energy? Where are you running? And I, it's, it's been very interesting to like over the last six months to kind of go, oh, that's where you've been running. Well, that's why your reality is the way it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I really appreciate this conversation and I appreciate you inviting me on to, you know, to have, to wrap a taste about this because I think that we aren't the only ones that are kind of finding themselves, you know, looking at these questions. I mean, and ultimately, I mean, if anyone's listening and they might be thinking, okay, these women have presented me with some questions here. These women are getting me thinking, um, you know, one of the questions I would encourage women to consider or anyone who's listening is the idea of, well, what part of me needed this experience? Mm -hmm. What part of me needed to feel isolation or what part of me needed to feel victimhood or what part of me needed to feel whatever you might be feeling? And then be like, oh, okay, great. Like, where do I want to go from here now? Mm -hmm. Right. Because sometimes we need that, that either the isolation or feeling the polarity or feeling all this stuff as a way to get refocused on what we actually value and then yeah. go out into the world and, and give something, right. Just give, I mean, that's definitely something I learned a lot um, too over this time is the more I gave, it wasn't so much that the more I received like in kind, but it was the more information that I got, the more discernment that I got, the more personal awareness I got. So I think it's uh the other part of this is also changing from me to what can I give? Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, so. exactly. I'm, and, and I think that's like the radical responsibility of that is, you know, showing up as the person that you would want to show up for you. hundred percent. Right. So making that hard decision of like, okay, I'm not going to have the resting bitch face. I'm going to force a smile on my face. I'm going to make <laughs> eye contact with people and it's going to feel really uncomfortable. But I got to tell you, I have a hard time <laughs> believing that you have RBF. Like I, I don't believe that. Monica. I don't believe that your energy <laughs> well, is so like, well, I'm high not just, frequency, I'm but just, like... well, um, I'm not just talking about myself, but yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's just those defense mechanisms, right? Um, yeah. and, and like, and maybe, and that's why we banged on a little bit more about COVID is that you saw, you were living in a different reality. 100%. 
And it was hard for me personally to not get angry about it Mm. in the sense of like, uh, you felt more disconnected than ever because you, you, you had very limited places to just even have normal discussions. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. But, you know, I think, yeah, I think all of that was an invitation for, for us to become more discerning and, and to get more and more clear about what we value. I mean, yeah. I mean, and I, like I you say, I think it's lesson. like a lesson too of um, pulling yourself out of that, right? Like having yeah. that radical responsibility. Okay, um, I had this view, I held it. It kind of came. I kind of was really right about it, uh, <laughs> and well, and now I'm gonna sit here and look back and reflect because I have radical responsibility. And oh, okay, I was a bitch. <laughs> like it's yeah those lessons learned when you're walking through these things and now you're like okay you know building that reality around myself in a world like you say that is is different and rebuilding and maybe swinging from these like polarities like you say it is celebrated to be a victim yeah celebrated to be average you know, yeah. I have another guest coming on who's a friend of mine um, in, here in Hawaii, and sh- we had dinner the other night, and she had me rolling because she woke up that she was selling uh, sparkly dust to people, right? <laughs> and how, <laughs> and how, you know, a little bit of this like, well, I just have to believe it, and it will come to me, right? And know like, well, no, that's part of it, but you still have to take actionable steps, right? Where we do have a bit of society that's like, uh, like just gone very to a certain point of like, well, I don't have to do anything and I just deserve this. And, you know, so. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, we can, that's that we can go off for another. (laughs) There's a lot of topics. Yeah. I hope that you come back on in the future and. Oh, I'd love to. Thank you for being honest and open and helping to push these conversations um, in a healthy way to really just get people to um, look at themselves, right? That's all it is. Yeah. Right. So have a great day and we'll see you soon. Yeah, thank you, Lydia. I'm jumping off for another meeting, but hey, thank you for having me. I love you. I think you're doing great work. And yeah, yeah, let's keep it going. All right. Bye, friend. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much again for joining us here on Choices. You can go ahead and leave a five-star review because we're all friends here. But if you really want to move the conversation forward, please connect with us on our social media accounts, which you can find the links below. Have a beautiful week and we'll see you next time here on Choices.